0: Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym podcast where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,585. The topic is Q&A and the title is 10 Common Exercise Questions. So this is uh, more like a general term for exercise, so like general fitness questions. And um, this is a combination of some common ones I get and then I just kind of modified them to make them a little more universal. (laughs) So I wanna go through them and then just give quick answers and then also give some podcasts that will help give more in-depth answers. So if you hear one you like, uh, a question that you're like, oh man, I wanna learn more about that. You'll wanna be prepared to write down the podcast number or make a note of where in this podcast it was mentioned. So you might need a little bit of preparation for writing down some podcast numbers for today. Okay. So, first question I often get is, how often should I exercise? Uh, It depends on the goals, depends on your schedule. There's a lot of uh, individuality to that. One of the things that I like to point out is, when people say, how often should I exercise? There's a difference between workouts versus just general movement. So, I try to do, like, there's a couple things I do. And this is all stuff I would recommend to you, so it's not just about me. (laughs) But, um, I try to move... Something extra, something a little bit more than my normal amount on pretty much every day of the week. You know, I might take one day of the week and just be a lazy bum and not do much, and that's okay. (laughs) But most days, like even if I don't work out, uh, you know, I might try to do some extra movement. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Maybe I'll... uh, This is goofy stuff. But if I have something that I could do easily, maybe I'll make some extra trips doing it. It's just real small things. So, uh, the big thing is... When you look at, like, and that would be the example for, like, you park in the back of the parking lot instead of the front of the parking lot. You know, if if you're going to an appointment on the second floor, take the stairs rather than the elevator. So small things like that. Just extra movements, things you do. And it depends. You know, if you're trying to lose body fat, all those things are helpful because they help burn more calories. If you're trying to build muscle tissue, that's useless. (laughs) So maybe you have, you know, a, a thing at home. Couple thick books, maybe a two by four, or something you can just do some bo- like body weight calf races. And you're like, okay, if I'm not going to go to the gym today, uh, you know, maybe I can at least do a hundred body weight calf races. Maybe you set a goal of doing, you know, 50 squats that day or 50 push ups. I remember when I was 15 is when I kind of started my fitness journey and I set a goal of doing 250 push ups and 250 sit ups every single day. And that was on my 15th birthday. And that was a person I could even do 20 push-ups in a row and I set a goal of 250. It's because I was dumb. <laughs> and it's more so because I was fired up and I wanted to make a change and I was like, screw this, you know I don't want to be you know fat and weak forever. So I set that goal. I actually achieved that goal uh, on 355 out of 365 days. I missed 10 days. And seven of those was on a boy Scout trip because I was too embarrassed to do the sit-ups and push-ups in front of friends. So, I set my mind to it, and I freaking went for it. Now, you don't have to do 250, <laughs> but uh, something small, like 10 reps, 20 reps, 50 reps, you know, things like that, they do add up and they do help. If you're wanting to build muscle tissue, you have to cause some muscular damage. So that's typically why, like, you do, like, a repeated singular movement, like calf raises or push-ups. Because if you're trying to do, you know, 100 push-ups, you might be able to do the first i don't know 10 20 pretty easy but the rest of them are going to be kind of miserable and they're going to annoy the muscle tissue and then that's going to actually cause it to grow assuming your nutrition supports what you're doing i did a calf workout one time i was outside of a uh, for various reasons and i'll skip all that but i did a bodyweight calf raise workout one time i think i did a a thousand bodyweight calf raises and good lord my calves were sore for like three days (laughs) it was amazing Uh, so Those are kind of like movement things, small things you can do every day. I would aim to do them as as many days a week as you can. You know, take a day a week off, give yourself some mental health. Uh, But workouts, like how often should you, say, like, you know, be in the gym or if you have exercise equipment at home, how often should you work out? You know, and that's with, like, weights and and calling it, like, a a routine, a set routine, a set amount of time, you know. Um, It depends, again, how much how much progress do you want? <laughs> so I've had people lose body fat and be very healthy with only twice a work two week- workouts a week and they were like 30 60 minute workouts not that much you know uh, if you want to be like a professional bodybuilder then you're going to be training five six days a week and and there are exceptions to this but they're typically five six days a week it's pretty aggressive you know decent amount of time if you want to be an elite level powerlifter, if you're looking at three to four probably more towards four uh, workouts a week some people do five sure but it again depends on your goals if you're if you're asking the question, how often should I exercise, that's probably because you're you're relatively newer to training. So for example, you know if, if somebody's a, an IFBB pro, they're not going to then ask me how often should I exercise. Now every once in a while they should because I've worked with some people high level and they overdo everything. Uh, so they have to actually do less days uh, for them to be able to make more progress. So I guess the basic questions apply to everybody, of course, right? So... My first answer is try to move a little extra every day. Workout. How often should you work out with weights? How often should it be like a structured exercise time? Probably just more than we are now. You know, if you're doing it zero now, one day a week is great. I know that's not very motivational. Like, who cares about one day? But it does make a difference. If one day is more than the days you're doing now, then it's going to get you more results. Right? More progress. So... Two to three days a week is really good for general fat loss, general conditioning, and health. If you want to be more muscular, a little more stronger, like a little more pinpointed type things, then I would aim more towards like four days a week. If you want to do bodybuilding type stuff, then you're looking for four to five days a week. There you go. So we also have a deeper uh, depth podcast, 1034. It's a training podcast titled, How Often Should I Work Out? (laughs) So there you go. You can listen to more details in that podcast. Again, that's podcast 1034. Next question. What time of the day is best to work out? Uh, Typically, the answer to that will not matter. (laughs) And what I mean by that is your schedule is going to dictate when's the best time to work out, not necessarily anything else. You know, if it's easier for you to carve out 30 to 60 minutes in the morning, uh, you know, before the rest of the world wakes up, then that's your answer. If it's easier to do it for lunch, then that's your answer. If it's easier to do it in the evening, then that's your answer. So when you would be the most consistent with doing it, that's the best time of the day to work out. Now, that's not what people mean when they ask that question. (laughs) But that is the answer. When can you be most consistent, that's the time. Now, typically what they're asking for is like when's the best time for like fat loss or building muscle or blah, 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 blah. Um, They've looked. They've done studies, and if you look at uh, like our hormone profile, like growth hormone, testosterone, that kind of stuff, versus like pain tolerance, for example. The more pain tolerance you have, and that actually changes throughout the day, the more pain tolerance you have, then you can push harder into your working sets, and you can eke out that extra one or two reps. You know, that maybe typically at another time of the day you wouldn't. Uh, so there's there's a lot of components when it comes down to uh best time of the day that's beyond just hormonal that you know it you know, goes into pain tolerance goes into like digestion like is it better to, to work out earlier in the day so it makes you hungrier throughout the day but does it make make you too hungry blah 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 and when you look through all of those things which i've done uh it, it they all balance out <laughs> so You know, certain things are higher in the day, like middle of the day, like CNS excitability, like your nervous system excitability, like when would you feel most explosive? All of those, like there's so many components and I've looked through all of them. And when you look through all the research, what it essentially blends out to is just whenever it feels best for you. All of the elements have pros and cons of all the different times, and they all kind of blend out. So, I really would discourage you to try to fit your training into a time of the day that doesn't best match your schedule. Because it wouldn't matter how good it is for your body if it doesn't match your lifestyle, you're not going to be able to be consistent. So... That would be my answer. Now, somebody says, well, what happens if I make my own schedule? And that that's true. A lot of people get to do that. I tend to then recommend people do it earlier in the day. Uh, it doesn't have to be first thing in the day. Maybe you like to get up, you know, have some coffee, maybe get a meal in, Puts around on the computer, answer emails, what you gotta do for an hour or two, and then go work out. So it could be, you know, maybe early morning. Maybe you're the type you wake up, you're fired up, you're ready to go. You gotta drink a little bit of uh, calories, you know, protein and carbs. Make sure you don't work out fasted. Uh, meaning like you haven't eaten by like when you work out. So you want to get a little bit of something, something in your face and then go work out. Totally fine. You know, if you're working out within 60 minutes of being awake, great. If you're working out within two or three hours of being awake, great. Uh, the reason why I like to recommend it earlier in the day is because as the day goes on, more crap gets in the way. So if you plan to work out at 4 PM and you wake up at 8 AM, there's possibly eight hours of miscellaneous crap that can get in the way of your training. so I like to work out earlier in the day the earlier the better now the other component of that is, it. what I like about that is we tend to, and you should, and, and if you get more dip, deep into training and stuff, your calories should be kind of more timed around your training, meaning you should have more calories when you move more, less calories when you move less, Well, around training, like training is when we move more. So it's better to have more of your calories earlier in the day because the body has a chance to burn off and use any excess. So it actually gives you the ability to eat more overall calories than if you train at night or in the late evening. Then you have to be more careful with your calories. You lead into the potential of being underfed by the time you go work out. You don't have great workouts. So there's a lot of crap that can get in the way, a lot of um, nutritional challenge to when you work out in the evening. So if you have a freedom of schedule, I would recommend to work out the earlier the better. Uh, Next question, how long should my workouts be? really it's kind of depends you know if you're doing the general movement stuff it can be as small as five to ten minutes just ten minutes of body weight squats you know ten minutes of push-ups uh that kind of stuff that can all be very short ten minutes 100 percent adds up a million times i would promise you over and over again that ten minutes is enough when you do it four or five times maybe six times a week promise 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 i promise i see it a million times my wife does it it works Awesome, awesome, awesome. So when you're just talking about general movement, you know, if I go for a walk, if I do bodyweight squats, if I do push-ups, if I do calf raises, if I just do stretches, you know, 10 minutes, plenty. Awesome. Now, when you go and you try to do like a weight training workout, typically if you're going to set the time aside to work out, I would recommend kind of around 30 minutes. Can you get away with 20? Sure. But I would recommend around 30 minutes up to an hour. I I don't really have athletes and really anybody I work with that works out over an hour. We might dip into like an hour and 10 minutes, maybe an hour and 15 if they're kind of putzing around with getting set up in the workout or chit-chatting a little bit in the middle. But typically our workouts are around an hour. Uh, Very rarely, uh, and I'm struggling to remember, when I've had somebody work out for over an hour and a half. Um, There's a lot of countering uh, elements to when you work out too long. One of them is cortisol. Uh, so if you haven't properly fueled yourself for a long workout, you're going to start to produce in, uh, cortisol, which messes a lot of things. It reduces body fat loss. It messes up sleep patterns. There's a lot of negative, like increases water retention. You have like energy crashes. There's a lot of bad stuff uh, to when you overstress your body. So I would, I would say that 30 to 60 minutes is plenty if you're efficient in what you're choosing to do and the time rest and stuff like that. I really don't think you need to work out longer than an hour. I would set an hour and a half is like a, I better be able to get everything I can get in within an hour and a half or less. There's no reason why you should be working out for longer than an hour and a half. Fourth question. Do I need to warm up before my workouts? Uh, generally, it depends on what you're doing. You know, if you're just going for a walk, no, you know, you don't need to do, you know, like some crazy stretches and stuff. Just start walking. There you go. <laughs> if you're doing some push-ups, as long as you feel fine to do the push-ups, just start doing push-ups. You know, so it depends on what you're doing. If you're going into the gym and you're doing a very um, kind of demanding lift, like say a barbell squat, then yes, you wanna you wanna prepare your body. Instead of think of it as a warm up. Uh, say to yourself is, okay, is my body prepared to start doing that movement? Uh, When you're younger, you're not going to know the answer is no (laughs) because you feel fine. But the answer is no, you are not. If you you typically sit around all day, you know, in front of a computer or doing a job or whatever, even if you stand all day, man, when I used to train 10 to 12 hours of of in-person training a day, my hips and everything would get so locked up and so tight from standing all day that I actually had to stretch to be able to do a squat. But the same is t- is like what you, we typically would think is if I've been sitting in a chair all day, I have to stretch and and kind of prepare myself to do a squat. Yes, that's true. Um, Whatever position we're in for a long period of time, you know, say an hour or two or more, the body starts to tighten down muscle, muscles to hold that position. So if you're not going to exercise in that exact same position, you need to kind of loosen the muscles and get the body up and moving. Now, it doesn't mean anything needs to be very long. You can do preparations for a squat bench to lift big workouts in like 10 minutes or less. Very easy, very simple stuff. Uh, podcast 1112 is a training podcast titled The Best Warm-Up Routine there you go so that should help you figure out the best warm routine and we do have a, a more um, in-depth podcast about stretching before workouts and that's podcast 1451 it's A Q&A podcast titled should you stretch before a workout so it really depends on what you're doing if what you're doing isn't that physically demanding then you probably don't need to do much of a warm-up if what you're doing is going to be highly physically demanding let's say it's a highly technical elaborate lift or you're going to a one rep max you know high intensity then you probably need more of a warm-up so Kind of just matches, you know, it goes with it. Next question, should I do strength training, cardio, or both? Well, strength train as much as your schedule can allow and however much you can recover from, and then do cardio. Why, why is that the answer? Well, when you strength train, if, if you do it properly, if we're talking about like external resistance, you're doing like, you know, weights, stuff like that. Um, When you do that properly, and that could even be your body weight if you're kind of newer to lifting. When you're doing that properly, it will create a cardiovascular stress. Meaning, I'm doing a bout of effort, I'm taking a scheduled and correct rest time, doing another bout of effort, doing a scheduled and correct rest time, and you go back and forth, back and forth. That's interval cardio. (laughs) You will get out of breath. You will have cardiovascular stress. You will burn significant calories. So strength training properly gives you the exact same benefit as cardio. But it also gives you more. It helps you strengthen joints, helps strengthen muscles. It helps um, just overall like body shape, it improves your shape and everything like that. Uh, it is just, oh my gosh, there's so many more, so many more things where strength training helps a lot. Uh, it improves balance. you know that's something that we want to be aware of. It can increase uh, bone density. You know, so as you get older, uh, you don't have as much concern about osteoporosis. There's a lot of other benefits to like uh, car, like it has a greater nutrient demand than basic cardio will. So it'll help chew up any extra, you know, cholesterol, you have in your diet, extra sugars. It can help use up any excess, more excess that you have if you overeat a little bit. So, and then also the recovery phase. You know, after weight training, your body has to fix the muscles. It has to fix all the stress. So you end up burning more calories even after done training to help repair from the training. So there's endless benefits that are above and beyond cardio when it comes to strength training so i recommend for people to strength train as much as they can recover from and as much fits into their schedule and then on top of that you can add in cardio you know so maybe you lift weights on monday tuesday thursday friday and you're like wednesday i have a busy day i kind of i need a little bit of a day off cuz my muscles are kind of sore great well then just do basic cardio go for a walk at lunch you know you don't have to go to the gym just go for a walk before work go for a walk at lunch go for a walk after lunch you know just be moving around a little bit that helps Next question, I'm struggling to get through my workouts. What should I do? Uh, First thing is check your calories. Make sure you're eating enough. Uh, And that's even for people trying to gain weight or gain muscle tissue. They sometimes can out train their food and then they're not gonna grow at all. So we have to check our calories. Podcast 1232 is a nutrition podcast titled start here. It will tell you exactly how many calories you should have. So check that out, Podcast 1232. So if you're struggling to get through your workouts, you have pretty low energy. Listen to podcast 1,232. Next thing is really dorky, and no one's going to do it, but I'm going to say it anyhow, is check your sleep. If you're only getting four or five hours, maybe six every now and then kind of hours of sleep, you're not going to have a lot of capacity to take on extra stress because your body's under-recovered and just freaking tired. Workouts are stress. It's beneficial stress, but it's stress. So before a workout, and even in the the first five, ten minutes, your body's going to try to argue with you to get out of workouts. It's gonna say, don't do this, you're too tired, don't do that, and you're gonna just feel no motivation whatsoever to work out. And it's because your body has not recovered from the stress it's already experiencing, and it doesn't want more stress. So even though workouts are good for us, they are stress. You have to have the capacity for added stress for you to be able to train and not lose energy or lose motivation kind of thing, right? Okay. So check your sleep. We do have a podcast about sleep. It's podcast 1149. It's a mindset podcast titled Creating a Healthier Sleep Pattern. Then the next thing is check your volume. Maybe you're doing too much in your workout. So you say, I'm struggling to get through my workouts. What should I do? Well, if the workouts are too damn long or they're too damn much, that can be the problem. <laughs> so you have to check your volume and that can be the thing, like we said, the workouts should really only be 30 to 60 minutes. If you're struggling to get through a 30 to 60 minute workout, then almost always it's food. You're, you're not eating enough. If you're struggling to get through a workout that's longer than an hour, it's probably because the workout is too much. It's actually just too much volume. Okay. Next question, I'm really sore. (laughs) What's the best thing to do? So if somebody's super sore between workouts, what can they do? A couple things. You can, movement. Movement helps. Go for a walk. Do some stretches. You know, especially like lower body stretches. We have uh, on YouTube, you can search Brutal Iron Gym, cross-legged glute stretch, That's a great one. Uh, Brutal Iron Gym Lunge Stretch, that's another good one. And Brutal Iron Gym Hamstring Stretch, and that's another good one. And that'll help loosen up the musculature around the hips, and that'll help a lot for reducing soreness and stiffness. So you can do some movement, you can do a little bit of stretching, and all that takes less than five minutes, six minutes, so super easy. Hydration is another thing to look at. If you're dehydrated, you don't drink enough fluid, you're going to feel very tight. So think about what does a dehydrated muscle look like? Well, if you take a piece of steak and you dehydrate it, it's beef jerky. Does beef jerky move well? (laughs) No. So the more dehydrated our muscles are, the more like beef jerky they are. They're not going to move well. So drink. Now, how much should you drink? General recommendation is take half to one times your body weight and drink that in fluid ounces. So if you don't use ounces, then you have to get on Google and do a little translate. You know, a little Google translator, so you can go ounces to, um, you know, milliliters. But 0.5 to 1 times your body weight, now that's general. So, you know, if you're somewhere in there, you're doing a pretty good job. And then protein, maybe you don't have enough protein, so your muscles aren't repairing and and, uh, recovering from the workouts. Your protein should be between 0.6 to 1 gram per pound of lean body weight. Some of my more aggressive people, like bodybuilder type stuff, we might go up to 1.25 grams uh, per pound of lean body weight. But you should be somewhere in that range of 0.6 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. If you're under 0.6 grams of protein per pound of body weight then you're probably under recovering muscle tissue wise and that could be contributing to your soreness Okay. now again the protein stuff is explained in podcast 1232 that nutrition podcast that will start here that's a good place to listen okay next question how do i stay motivated to work out okay well couple things number one is if your nutrition isn't sufficient you'll feel like absolute crap and that's gonna destroy your motivation so you have to make sure your nutrition is on point if you're not eating properly now even if you need to be in a deficit you might be in too much of a deficit And that can be destroying your motivation. So you might have some of the best willpower in the world. But if you're not eating enough, your body will tell you to go screw yourself when you think about working out. (laughs) And it'll argue with you and you will not have motivation to do it. So you have to make sure your nutrition is correct. If your nutrition is subpar your motivation will be crap, and it has nothing to do with you being mentally strong or mentally weak, nothing about that. It's just your body is designed to survive, and it's designed to argue with you if it doesn't think survival is working out well. (laughs) So, podcast 1,232, pretty good one, for a lot of reasons. Then, the other thing is to recognize that motivation is not like a one-and-done thing. You're not going to feel motivated you know for one moment and then that just sustains itself forever motivation ebbs and flows it typically ebbs and flows with nutrition sleep and stress if you're more controlling and properly managing your nutrition sleep and stress you'll find your motivation is pretty consistent it's pretty damn good so if you're if you're not feeling motivated you look at nutrition sleep and the, those elements and stress are going to help you so much. So we want to manage stress. That is podcast 1032, it's a mindset podcast titled Stress Management, Options and Priorities. So work to manage your stress. And then we talked about sleep, Is podcast 1149. Uh, so and nutrition is at 1232, 1232. Take care of those elements, and you'll find that your motivation is actually pretty consistent. If you have trouble with your motivation being low, and you have to kind of get it back up, so that way you can work on your nutrition, sleep, and stress. Podcast one thousand eighty four is a mindset podcast that titled "Methods to Regain Motivation." Some other things we can do: track your efforts. Don't just do like do things and then wait and see when they work. Ugh, that's gonna that's gonna stink because you have to do a lot of work before you really see some things. So track your efforts. Like say, okay, what am I supposed to do today? you know do i want to have a, a, a breakfast Do i want to have a lunch do i want to have a dinner you know did i have my three meals today did they have enough protein in them did they have enough calories kind of check that stuff you know were you supposed to move today maybe your movement was a workout maybe it was just a walk but did you move today you know check that off if you, off if you did it make a little check sheet you know do some things make a game of it where every single day you say okay what am i supposed to do today did i do it yes or no Check yourself. If you track your efforts, you'll find that you're going to be more motivated and more consistent. And then when you see the results, you'll be excited and happy because you see the results. But what's going to get you to the point of seeing results is tracking your efforts, okay? Also, look for a community or some accountability, We have our live monthly programming service, which is where you get brand new training every single month, every four weeks. And it has a ton of education. There's a virtual Q and A session every single week. You talk to me face to virtual face (laughs) and ask me any questions you want. We have a document. You can write in any questions you want. I answer them. And then we have educational videos. So there's a lot of stuff in our live monthly programming. Um, that would help create some accountability, create some community. And that's what I wanted to do that for, was it's a low-cost way to get really good programming and a ton of education. It's only $50 a month, and you get a brand new program every four weeks, and you can ask me any question you want at any time of the day, 24-7. Pretty badass service. So... That's something you could do, is try to find some accountability, find a community that you can be a part of, and you know, find a workout buddy, you know, like accountability buddy. <laughs> I heard that term recently and I like that. So instead of accountability partner, it's accountability buddy. <laughs> but find somebody or some things or stuff to connect with uh, so you don't feel like you're doing it alone, and that'll help a lot. And then what's your why? Remind yourself of your why. What is, why are you doing it? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you want to work out? Why do you want to eat healthy? Why do you want to change your lifestyle? You know, why do you want to achieve that goal? If you remember what your why is, put it on a note card, put it on the center screen of your home phone, put it on your fridge, put it on your TV, whatever the hell, whatever, like mirror, bathroom mirror, put it on something you look at every day and remind yourself of why you're doing this, okay? The other thing is to set both short-term and long-term goals too often people just have a long-term goal that takes a long time to reach and that's not very motivating <laughs> so set some short-term goals as well so that way you can say you know what can i do in the next week what can i do in the next two weeks what can i do in the next month and if you want to learn more about goals we have podcast 124 by the way you can find all of our podcasts on our website I should have said that at the beginning of the podcast <laughs> but you can find all of our podcasts on our website so podcast 124 so Way back when, 124, is a mindset podcast that was setting SMART goals. And the SMART is actually an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relatable, and Time Specific. So how you can set really good goals, both short-term and long-term. Okay, last two questions. Question number nine, how can I measure my progress? Woof. Well, you want to track your efforts every day. Like I said, have a daily journal. Uh, I do that with a lot of clients. I encourage clients to do that, is say, okay, what am I supposed to do today, and did I do it? And that will help you track your progress in the sense that, like measure your progress in the sense that you're measuring consistency. Too often people measure things like what are outcomes, but they're not measuring whether they actually did the damn stuff that would lead to the outcome. So they weigh on a, they step on a scale and they're like, oh man, this week I didn't lose any weight. Yeah, but did you did you skip breakfast three days of the week? did you eat a pizza for dinner one time? did you skip a workout? Like if you if your actions were crap, the outcome is going to be crap. So too often people focus on the outcome but they're not focusing on their actions. You need to track your actions. If you track your actions, you'll get the outcome 99.9% of the time so you do need to track your actions. Sometimes you might have things set up improperly. Maybe you don't have the right diet, so you're not gonna get a good outcome. Maybe you don't have the right training program, but in general, if you move, you're gonna make some progress. So it is possible that if you track your efforts, you might not lead to the outcome, but it's almost always like likely impossible and going to happen, that if you're only tracking the outcome, but you're not paying attention to your efforts, you're gonna miss the boat, you know, you're gonna miss the mark. So absolutely track your efforts. Next thing is I tend to recommend that people use photos as a way to kind of measure progress, and then a training journal. So in your training, what you do in your workouts has to get slightly harder every week or every month. There has to be some kind of increase in challenge To get the body to continue to increase in how it's adapting. You know, continue to lose more fat, build more strength, build more muscle. So what you do has to continue to get a little bit harder, a little more challenging every single week, every single month. So tracking your performance in your workouts. You know, am I adding an extra rep or two when I can? Am I I adding five pounds when I can? You know, how am I increasing the stress of my exercise to increase the way my body continues to adapt to it? And then photos, no one, no one, no one wants to be the before photo. Everybody just wants to be the after photo. But photos tell a lot. They tell a lot that nothing else tells. Is photos say, how does this person look? Now, you might say, well, I can weigh myself. No, when you weigh yourself, it's just telling you how much you weigh. Maybe you gained a pound of muscle and lost a pound of fat. You would look physically better, but nothing would have changed on a scale, correct? You'll weigh the same, but you'll look significantly better. You would never see that change, that difference on a scale. What about body part measurements? Same thing. If I gain a pound of muscle and I lose a pound of fat, I might gain a quarter of an inch in the size of my thigh but by adding muscle, but I might lose a quarter of an inch in fat on my thigh by losing body fat. But if I gain a quarter of an inch, I lose a quarter of an inch. It's the same damn size, right? So body part measurements aren't very good. And then any kind of device, a bioelectrical impedance device, um, any any device that sends like electrical impulses, like you know if you stand on a scale and it has these little silver things and it says they're sending a you know electrical impulse through your body and it's going to tell you body fat percentage. You know if you do a handheld one, you do skin fold measurements like skin calipers. Uh, I've I've done all that stuff. I taught the university, local university for seven and a half years. I taught skinfold measurements, like I taught exercise physiology labs and stuff like that. And I will tell you that they are highly inaccurate. You have to do a thousand skinfold measurements before you would be considered proficient at skinfold testing. And then even when you're proficient, you're going to be plus or minus like 3%. So if it reads you at 18%, you actually could be anywhere from 15 to 21%. That's not very accurate. That's pretty crap, you know. So if you're like, I'm at 30% and I want to get down to 25 Well, if somebody reads you at 27 you could be anywhere from 24 to 30 that's huge that's your whole freaking range that's your whole goal and it can be anywhere within there even if they've done it a thousand times so measurement devices like body fat percentage devices uh, like skin fold calipers they're they're not very accurate Uh, biological impedance devices highly inaccurate good lord highly inaccurate really the only ones you want to do is a DEXA scan a bod pod and then like there's hydration uh, tests like a dunk test Uh, but if you have access to a DEXA scan, freaking awesome. 100% do that. That's freaking highly accurate. So that's really good. But you're not likely going to have access to a DEXA scan. You have to kind of like go find that. Uh, but a lot of gyms will offer for like $80 or $100 or God knows how much they charge to do the bioelectrical impedance devices in their crap. They're not very accurate. So don't do that. So photos, take photos every four to eight weeks. If you can't stand to look at it, take a photo now. Close your eyes. You know, do what you got to do. Set the timer. Just take the damn photos promise you're going to be happy later on. Take them. Then every, you know, if you have a long way to go in your progress take a photo every eight weeks. If you have a short term to go, take a photo every four weeks. I have clients send me photos all the time. And then I look at the photo and I'm like, dude, your chest is so much thicker. You know, look at the detail around your your upper abs and your rib cage. You know, look at the detail on your upper back. It's super exciting and fun. So I tell them exactly what I'm seeing. They get super motivated because they can now see it too. You know, once they see what I'm seeing. (laughs) Once I teach them what to look for. So we do a lot of photos. Uh, You can do clothes. You know, if you don't like photos and you're like hell bent on, there's no way in hell you're going to take a photo of yourself. Well, wear something that's tight like a tight shirt tight pair of pants then in four weeks try it on In another four weeks try it on In another four weeks try it on maybe the shirt will get a little little looser maybe the pants will get a little looser maybe you're trying to build muscle so the shirt's looser in your in your abdomen but it's super freaking tight across your shoulders and chest awesome yeah you know so you can do clothes you can do photos um i i I would not recommend weight scale body part measurements or, or devices so that's a quick answer. Not really quick, but that's an answer. <laughs> and then you can listen to podcast 1,407. It's a and a podcast titled When Should I Start Seeing Results? Uh, so that way you have an idea of like how long you should be putting in effort before you start getting frustrated whether or not you're seeing something. Okay, last question. Apart from doing my workouts, what else can I do to take care of my health? Nutrition, 100%. Get that, get that on point. Podcast 1,232. Sleep, podcast 1,149. Then reduce stress, podcast 1,032. Then we also have supplements. People ask about supplements all the time. Podcast 1,384 is a nutrition podcast titled My Most Recommended Supplements. So that'll tell you what supplements are best for all the goals. Okay? So... Tons of help. Hopefully that was uh, fun to hear. What are the kind of the top uh, 10 common questions? And then the quick answers, and then you can kind of deep dive into it if you want to listen to any of the podcasts. We also have, if you're new to a gym, we have podcasts that are called Newbie Knowledge. Uh, If you're new to a gym, you're commonly referred to as a newbie, which is N-E-W-B-I-E, newbie. So you're newbie to the gym. Uh, Newbie Knowledge is, we have three podcasts you can listen to, and they will help you kind of learn what's a dumbbell, what's a barbell, you know, all the basic stuff about exercise and being in a gym so that's podcast 290 is part one 294 is part two and 298 is part three so those are awesome if you are if you're new to a gym and you're worried about you know looking like a, a goofball or doing something wrong you can listen to the newbie knowledge podcast and then also remember that everyone who's ever been in a gym they had a first time in the gym so even myself So, I've done so many dumb things. Oh my gosh. I remember one time I was training a client and I took them to a a gym and I had never been to the gym before. And I was like, well, this is, you know, some things you can do. And I was showing them like a preacher curl, like a bicep curl. And it has like, you use like a a bar that has like some bends in it, which eases like wrist um, position, wrist stress. It's called an easier curl bar or a camber bar. But I was basically doing, showing them how to do like a bicep curl and I hit myself in the face with the bar. I actually busted my lip, and my lip was bleeding the entire training session. It was it was fantastic. But um, everybody who's been in a gym has had a first time in the gym, and everybody has done something dumb in a gym. Absolutely everybody. So I don't mean you know be nervous because you're gonna do something dumb. <laughs> I more so mean uh, that everyone has been there, so don't feel like anybody's judging you. Everybody's everybody's been where you are now, and and like in our gym. I I control our gym membership. We only have 100 members at one time. I know everyone's name. And I look them up on social media. So, you know, if you don't know that, uh, now you do. (laughs) So I look up everybody. I look up their profiles, look up everything. And I have to feel comfortable with them being in our gym and being part of our community. And everyone in our gym is super helpful. They'll answer any questions. They'll help you out. So most people, when you go to gyms, they're going to be very supportive. If you have questions, just ask them and they'll help you out. Uh, so it, it, people are, are thinking of you a lot less than you think they are. And people are kinder than you think they are. Uh, so that's two things good to, good to remember. Okay, well... Hopefully this was helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, just shoot me an email or or email at brutalirongym at gmail.com. If you want any help with services and coaching and stuff like that, just check out our website, www.brutalirongym.com. We have one-on-one type coaching both online and in person here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And we have our live monthly programming service. So a lot of good stuff. Check that out if you're looking for information. Then if you like our podcast, please share the podcast. When you share it, let people know that we answer questions for free, just like these top 10 common exercise questions. Let them know that they can reach out, get a question answered for free, and then that's uh, just the benefit of the service of the podcast. Then thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. It does have a high hosting cost every year. I give an hour or two every day. And by helping with the cost of the podcast, you're helping to ensure that we can offer this service of answering questions for free for people. So it's really awesome. I really appreciate everybody who donates. Uh, even if it's just five dollars a month it adds up it really does and i truly appreciate it so thank you very much if you want to donate you can do that on our website at www.brutalirongym.com. then if you like the information we share in our podcast you can find more from us on social media post on instagram every day youtube a lot so find us and follow us under the name brutal iron Gym. as always i hope this was helpful and thank you for listening